Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. Today, my guest is Chris Miller. He's the president of Barrymore Brands, which is Drew Barrymore's company um, with all kinds of merchandise. And uh, he was also involved in her film company. He's worked with her in a lot of different capacities over the years. And he is also the owner of Revolver Video Bar in West Hollywood. So he's got uh, a lot of hats that he wears, and he wears them all stylishly. And I've known him for 20 years, probably exactly. And it was great to get to talk to him about his awesome journey. But before we get to that, I have some very exciting news. We are almost to the end of phase one of our friends and family pre-order launch campaign for the game that I created with Jeb Havens, You Don't Know My Life. What that means is um, after the 1st of September, we are going to place our order for our first uh, shipment of games, our first printing of games. And so if you pre-order now, you can... Uh, get the game by Christmas, and we're using that money to pay for the printing, right? Will you still be able to get the game after September 1st? Yes, because our dream is for it to be in Walmart and Target and Amazon and Payless Shoe Stores, wherever they'll have it. And also, we'll be taking pre-orders until we know that all the games that we've ordered are spoken for. However, here's what you won't be able to do after September 1st. One of the perks of being an early supporter is you get your name in the rule book for posterity as an early supporter. And uh, that's going away on September 1st. Um, that's the deadline for that because we have to print them, right? So imagine it's a year, year and a half away from now. You're at some friend's house. They're like, hey, we're going to play this cool new game we just bought at the store. Uh, it's really hip. It's Everyone's talking about it. It's a cool thing. Uh, it's called You Don't Know My Life. And you're like, yeah, I know that game. I've, I've been playing that game for a year and a half. And they're like, no, sir. You're never on the cutting edge of anything. That's bullshit. And you're like, no, I, I, I know the guy and I, you know, I, I'm, I pre-ordered it and I, was, I got one of the first copies off the print, the printing press. And they're like, I don't believe you. And they're like, well, open up the rules. And then the camera zooms in. And there it is, your name in the rule book as an early supporter. Imagine if you had been an early supporter of Cards Against Humanity and every time you played that game, you got to brag about it. That's pretty cool. That's what the dream is here. So you can do that at youdon'tknowmylifegame.com and there's a tab uh, a page that says get the game and um you just send 35 bucks in by paypal and uh we get you the game by christmas and um everyone's a winner so that's how that works that's my plug for that you will still be able to buy it after that fact and pre-order it until we you know run out of all the games that we're getting printed first but um that's your chance to have some party game immortality okay that's enough plugs um thank you so much for listening and uh here without any further ado is chris miller Hey there, I'm coming to you from a cozy little office above Revolver Bar in West Hollywood, and I'm here with Chris Miller. He's the president of Barrymore Brands and the owner of Revolver, and we're up here in your, it's like the mix of your right here in the Revolver West Hollywood area, and then there's lots of um, Drew Barrymore um, magazine covers and movie posters. I feel like it's your two worlds it in is, one and, place. And doesn't it feel like a sort of an old like Hollywood bun writer's bungalow or yeah. something? It, it has such a, a nice feel. It's like in Xanadu, Michael Beck could get really frustrated and open that window right over there and throw <laughs> a piece of paper out and the next thing you know it's a dance number. <laughs> Absolutely. Chris Miller, I have known you since about 1998. Yep. 
Yep. And I remember meeting you in Hunter's Video in Pal- Bar in Palm Springs. Yep. And you, the reason... This is our 20th anniversary. Yes. And the reason, because I hunted you down... You because did. I bought your novel, Misadventures in the Two and Three. I had no idea who you were. I didn't know anything about the book. No one referred me to it. But you just I, saw it and you... Well, I, was, I had started working at Columbia Pictures a couple years before, and I was up on a job in San Francisco for a year away from entertainment. And it was like... Uh, this is like a little bit of home yeah, reading so it. giving you a little fix. And um, I just tore through it, and then I think on the back cover, there was like, you had... I had a website. You had a website. It was misadventures.com. Like, yes, and then I dug in, and there was a, like a please contact if, and then yeah. I like somehow got your email and was just like, I'm a fan, I love your book. And I met you not long after that at yeah. Palm Springs. Yep. I love it. It was so flattering to... to that was awesome. And oh, I got to I meet you, and it that. was all right. It's just that book. It just um, it just spoke to me on every single level, and I you know every little like inside joke and just like the age I was at. I mean, I was probably twenty eight when I read it, right. and uh, you know I'll be fifty next year, and so I just it, it just it hit on every level. Uh, it was very it was like it was written just for me. Well, it's been amazing to watch you evolve into the powerhouse <laughs> mogul that you are, president of Bar- Barrymore Brands, uh, working, of course, with Drew Barrymore. Yep. Um, how did you first meet her? I don't know if I ever heard this story. Well, I was working, I'd been working at Columbia Pictures in domestic sales uh, and home entertainment. And it's funny because it was called home video at the time. DVD, right. DVDs were not even invented. And right. I remember I was there when DVDs started coming out. It was just weird as saying. But it's yeah. now called home entertainment. And you're but, like, how's this going to go? No, I don't know we're if like, this is going to catch No, on. by the way, completely. What is this? And so, uh, funny enough, I, so I was looking really to, I wanted to actually physically produce films and yeah. the studios which you come to learn very quickly don't actually do that production companies and producers that don't work for the studios right. do it um, so I had all sorts of people that were here's you know this person's looking for someone it was at a time where vanity deals were being right. written again do you remember yeah. like everyone from like Alicia Silvers to every actor actress that had a movie that did over like 40 million dollars in those years it, like people were offering them and it was sort of I think the way the studios were bringing back the studio system of kind of owning an yeah. actor. Um, so Drew had a, gotten a deal. Right. And I had, so I was applying for several of those, not knowing who it was. And a friend of mine who worked upstairs for me at Sony in, at Wheel of Fortune, she forwarded a resume to me. And I was like, oh, great. It didn't say who it was for anything at all. So I almost didn't fax it in. The fax machine didn't work. It sat on my desk. All these crazy was it, things. Wait, who are you? It was her resume? It was my resume. She had, my friend Jen from Wheel of Fortune yeah. said, oh, here's a, someone looking for you. Send your resume to this. So, okay. And so this she is sent back you in, the contact. Yeah, so this was back in the days of faxing. Of when you faxed your resume, it's not email. Right. And so what had happened is Drew had just finished doing this movie called Ever After with oh, Angelica yeah. Houston. I know it. So her assistant at the time, this woman, Gwen, and Angelica on set in France really hit it off. Angelica was just starting a new production company. So the job I actually faxed my resume in for was to work for Angelica Houston. Right. And Angel- Drew's assistant at the time goes in and is chatting with Angelica. And Angelica's saying, I'm looking for a new assistant. Gwen's like, I'll do it. And she's like, oh, are you serious? Would you like leave Drew? 
she said, yes, but I'm going to have to replace myself. Angelica goes, I've got a stack of resumes right here for you. Wow. Mine was in that. And then Gwen took those. And I met with her at a hotel. You met with Gwen? I met with Gwen. She was replacing herself. And I had no idea still what it was. I thought you it was still didn't know bizarre. Who it was. Nope. Had no idea. Wow. Had an interview. Went great. And then as I'm driving home, I get a call from Gwen. She goes, look, here's the deal. I've interviewed 40 people in the past two days. I think you're the person for this job, but I need to let you know it's working for the actress Drew Barrymore, and I just want to make sure that you don't have any adverse effect to right. that before I moved. Right. I was like, oh, no, I think she's Some awesome. trauma around well, Firestarter, anything know, exactly. like that. And it's funny because it was sort of like... You know, because you're like, yeah, and for a minute you sort of had to think, oh, yeah, because now, you know, she just did Scream and, you know, Ever After and The Wedding Singer, so she's kind of having a thing right now. Yeah, yeah. No, she, that would be awesome, because they had not put a movie out, which the first movie would be Never Been Kissed that came right. out in, Flower Films. in March of 1999. Yeah. And so uh, I started just before that. And right. so then she, I went back the next day and I met with uh, Drew directly and Nancy Javone and her partner, who's now Nancy Fallon, married right. to Jimmy. And we had a great time, and they hired me the next morning at 9 a.m. They called and said, when can you start? I love it. What and that was, that'll be 20 years ago in March. That's fantastic. Yep. Why does it work, you and her? I think we're really, we're, we're similar in that we're opposites, meaning that the stuff that she's good at, I'm not good at, and the stuff she's not good at, I'm good at. So it's a great so I never really want in her business, and she really doesn't want yeah. in my business. Yes, that's your lane, and that's... Absolutely. What's no, the stuff that you're good at? Um, business, numbers, um, you know, for, forecasting, seeing seeing what's not just happening right this second, but how this potentially could affect things in a week from now, a month from now. The big picture. I'm more, you know analytical on a non-emotional level. She's very analytical, but she approaches things analytically with more emotion and passion. Sure, I do it very mechanically. Yeah. Um, which, the way she does it can drive me crazy, and the way I do it can drive her crazy, yeah. but we both need it. Like, I need to see it the way she's seeing it to complete my picture, and then vice versa. When did you know, oh, this really has legs. When did you know, like, I could work with this person for years? You know, it just, we got, you know, Never Been Kissed was sort of like a great success for Fox. and A classic movie. Classic love movie, that movie. It was sort of like John Hughes is Joseph everything Rosie. that Drew loved and grew up with, Nancy grew up and loved with. It was just that. So I, I think then from there, we really started going into pre-production on Charlie's Angels, the first Charlie's yeah. Angels. And that was a really, really big deal. Sony had it. Drew and Nancy just like vied for it so hard with Amy Pascal, and and they really went to bat. To, and they to thought, be, for her to be in it and to also produce. Yes, and um, it was such an exciting time, and and everyone just sort of dove in on it. And and Flower Films has always been small. There's always been anywhere from like six to ten people at the most at the company, including right. Drew and Nancy. Um, so it's just like all hands on deck and everything worked. And because it's so small, if anyone started working there that it didn't work, they weren't there for very long. Right. So it ended up with this great core group that just went for years and years and years. Yeah. Um, Ember Truesdale, myself, um, Nancy Javonin and Drew, Stephanie Savage was a development executive in the beginning right. that was very core and went on to do amazing, incredible things like Gossip Girl and all sorts of things. So... It, it was the core that went for a really long time. Was it a, 
exciting to be on the set of Charlie's Angels. It, insane. It was like a dream come true. Like I, I, it was, was musical um, numbers or glamorous. It women. Was, well, it, and also coming from Columbia Pictures, where you know you get to go on to a soundstage to see something because your friend. Bob worked in accounting and he could maybe get you onto the set of Party of Five right. to like stand in the corner and don't fucking say a word. Can we right. swear? Yeah, of okay. Course. Like, don't fucking say a Especially word. Especially when you're talking about Party of Five. Yeah, don't look Nev Campbell in the eye, whatever right. you do. Yeah. And uh, I was only interested in looking at Scott Wolf. But, of um, course. So to be in it and not only so closely attached with the one of the main actors, but the producers. I was working for the the producers and also one of the stars so I was so deep in on every single thing it was an it was a dream come true unbelievable super fun so fun every day and I think um, the first Charlie's Angels I think that we shot 90 days 90 or 95 days of the first Charlie's Angels which is a long time an average feature film is 40, 65 days somewhere around there so it was a very long so it was like it, we went to school together, all of us. For well, it sounds like you, you know, when you think of an assistant to a celebrity, you think of like emails and laundry or dry cleaning and stuff. You know, you, yeah. you think of that sort of day to day stuff. But it sounds like right away you were in the mix with bigger things. Yeah, and I think that what because I also think what was so fun to be there for, you know, with with the Drew where she was in her career because you know before Scream and Ever After and and Wedding Singer. You know, there there was a spell of, like, before that that was very sort of, like, a little, you know, some made-for-TV movies. Sure, and, a, little, and, and, a little Poison Ivy and era. Poison Ivy and Boys on the Side where, right. you know, so I think that when I was there, she wasn't yet quite this, she wasn't a mega producer because no. they just started producing, and she wasn't really this Hollywood powerhouse. She was still coming out of the... Kind of the bad girl, like, yeah. you know, Rehab at 13, like all these just kind of ridiculous things that people associated. So for me to be like the only person where it was like I was doing all of her personal stuff and then yeah. I was her executive assistant as an actress and I was her executive assistant as a producer on this huge big, it, it was awesome. And I was 29 and full of energy and needed right. three hours of night of sleep. So I didn't care. You I loved every it. minute of it. Was there a moment early on where you were sitting in a situation going, I cannot believe I'm in this room right now? With this all the happening? time. Yeah. I mean, just at, like, at every turn. At like all of a sudden, Bill Murray got cast for Bosley. And you know how hard, you can't even get him on the phone. And and you're literally, he like knows my name because Drew's yelling my name 50 right. times, you know, an hour on set. Yeah. Hey, Chris, can you grab me this? Or Chris my, left my pages over here. And then other people, so, you know, you just kind of, so all of a sudden, like, Bill Murray is saying, like, hey, Chris, how is your, I'm like, fuck, Bill Murray just said, Chris, how was your week? I'm like, dying. Right. And it, it just never stopped, whether it was, you know, Cameron Diaz or whether it was, you know, then Demi Moore, yeah. which was a huge freak out for me and Charlie's too. I know. She was a goddess. Uh, she was, and she was like the nicest. And I was just like, this is so weird. I am shooting the shit with Demi Moore. I, it was unreal. Yeah. Um, when was the moment when you felt like you got an official bump up in terms of title or promotion? When was the moment where she said, you know what? We're going to call you this or you're going to do this. You don't need to do that. Yeah. Was, I, I, was it always sort of. Well, it's funny because I I got an assistant. Because I really think it was, Drew is very, you know, she's not entourage Yeah. And so it was a point where, 
you know, most of her life she didn't have an assistant, period. Right. So then she was getting to a point where she needed an assistant, she had one, but the thought of having a personal and an executive assistant, it just is like, it's not who she is, but in reality, that was the career she was having. She yeah, was that's, a what huge she, that's actor, who she needed to be. Huge producer, but she wasn't, didn't like that. Yeah. So she's like... But I understand, like, I needed help. So she's like, you get an assistant. Right. So I was an assistant who had an assistant. And I right. remember that felt very, like, I earned something and I and yeah. I was, there was more important things for me to do. Yeah. And so I needed someone to help me with the less important. And that felt really good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, you only have two But hands. then, you know, it's like I got promoted to production manager and yeah. then vice president of production and president of production and then finally, you know, president of Flower Films and then... We went on to do a bunch of other stuff. Can I say that your Christmas cards throughout the years from Flower Films they were, the best. were enchanting? They were the best, and we stopped doing it, and everyone was in different places, and, yeah. you know, it, so it, it's a sad I know thing I that, used to do a big Christmas card moment, yeah. and then I let it go, and it, it's you think it's going to break your heart to let it go? It's a career company regret, I think, for all of us. I think for but me and Drew and Ember and Nancy that we did not keep the Christmas cards going, because everyone loved them. Yeah, cool. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Um, Flower was one of those ones, because you, as you said, a lot of actors got kind of vanity deals, but I remember as a fan and also covering the, the business of it, oh, they're really doing it. Yeah. She wasn't fucking around. I remember that, like, from the beginning, like, of all the people around that time that got them, she seemed to be one of the ones that was like, oh, no, we're going to make movies. Yeah. And I'm not just going to be in them. I'm going to, there's going to be other ones and, Yeah, right? no, I, I, without a doubt. And that really did set you know, her deal apart from a lot of the other deals. And uh, I mean, she and Nancy just exhaustively researched everything because, you know, Drew had not produced and right. Nancy had not produced, but there was this amazing golden opportunity in front of them with this money for an office and help. And they were like fucking hell bent. We are going to learn yeah. this and we are going to kill it. And they did. Do you ever remember being in meetings where you felt the other people go, Oh, they're serious. You know what I mean? Like, did you ever feel like they were being treated like a little, uh, patronized a little bit and then realized, oh, wow, no, they're in it to win it. Yeah, I did. And, you know, they had such, um, a way of, uh, uh, of making a room feel a certain way because you know we've always said like they didn't walk in with briefcase and suits they had you know a backpack and an iced tea and Nancy is like this like 1980s Breck girl with just right. summer hair and gorgeous teeth and summer smile, hair in the winter that you just kind of are like I don't know what you're selling but I'm buying because right. you're the coolest fucking person I've ever met in my life and I want right. to go have a beer with you after this so there was a very they were very disarming but then followed it up with like real legit things and and I do remember seeing the surprise of people, whether it was like a marketing meeting at Warner right. Brothers or whether it was like, oh, they, this, yeah, no, we're, yeah. we're not appeasing anybody here. This is the real deal. Yeah. As uh, somebody who's around my age, younger, but was it cool that Charlie's Angels was coming to life again? Because that was my favorite show. I, I, again, of like all the properties to do, it, you know, obsessed on every level as yeah. like a gay kid. And I remember that I, I asked my mom to buy me this air popcorn popper at... A garage sale and she couldn't understand why because we had a popcorn maker but it was shaped in this tower and my next door neighbor had the charlie's angels townsend play thing okay. and it was sort of looked like a tower there was like right. some parking underneath and a thing on the top and i thought if i get that 
I can build a Townsend agency with cardboard around the rest of right. it. I've got the if I've got the hub, I can do the rest. Exactly. And so that's the popcorn how popper. that's how pivotal like that, yeah. you know. But a lot of those TV shows from the 80s were just so formative and you know yeah. whether it's and you know I mean we're just all pop culture yeah. junkies, but that was a huge one. Have you ever in the past 20 years have you ever not worked for Drew or no. around Drew? It's been pretty consistent. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Have you guys ever thrown down? Had a fight? A big fight? You know, it's funny because she is really my sort of like safe place, and I'm a little bit of her safe place. So right. if that's off, we are both wildly uncomfortable. Yeah. So you in, in business no and in life, you will always have, you know, there yeah. will be things. Because I think if you don't, then you're like, are you being honest with me? Because we haven't had an argument right. in 20 years. Like, you've really, you've agreed with everything I've done. I'm not buying it. Yeah. So we do have it, but we are, we are extremely quick to resolve it because it's very hard to go through the day with that yeah. thing that's always not broken to have it broken a little bit. Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah. Um, production is unpredictable. What's a great day you had on a set and what was a fucking nightmare day? I mean, it really honestly is mostly it's great days. Good. I, I mean, when you're on just on a movie set and you realize how sort of lucky you are to be there I, I never sort of forget there's certain things that just never get old and right. if you ever get invited to like fly on a private jet I don't care if you've been on a private jet yeah. 10,000 times you're lucky don't ever forget how many bathrooms on a it. private jet traditionally one really but Sony wow. Sony got the Boeing business jet for us for Charlie's Angels the Charlie's Angels 2 the world tour yeah and that actually had two bathrooms that both had like showers and there were bedrooms yeah. and it was yeah it was kind and of all amazing. the gals were in there yeah. The Lucy's, yep. the Camerons. Yep. yep. I love it. There were two bedrooms, and so Drew and Cameron took one room, and Lucy took the other room, yeah. Nice. Where are you? Oh, well, every couch and well, table and chair plane? turns into a bed, of and course. it was like, yeah, oh. so. I've never flown, flown on a private jet, but someday it'll be It's cool. thrilling, and it's yeah. still, and it's just to this day, it just sort of never, you're, yeah. you pinch yourself every time. Was it production that was really hard? It was like, whoa. I think Because you don't know going in, right? You don't know going in. So Drew did a movie that we did not produce, but she starred in, called, um, uh, uh, Lucky, oh no, oh my god, why am I, uh, with Penny Marshall directed it, you're a pop culture junkie. Boys in the Cars. Uh, riding Cars with Boys. I like that film. It was a great film, it was, it was so, it, hard, it went on for a really long time, right. it was the middle of winter, for right. the most part, we shot in East Orange, New Jersey, um, uh, Penny Marshall, who directed it, who, of course, I'm going in thinking this is like the most amazing Laverne and Shirley experience, and such a talent. Um, she is a just a taskmaster director. She shoots a lot. She shoots a lot of films. She's a perfectionist. She doesn't spend a lot of time with pleasantries, but wildly fucking talented. Right. So the combination of we weren't producing it, so we didn't have the, so the control and yeah, access yeah. I'd been used to. Right. Drew is talent only. East Orange, New Jersey, which I'm sure is lovely during the summer. I've never been. Middle of winter, not great. Right. A director, the very demanding long hours. So that was probably was my, my least fave. I like that movie. I, I loved the movie. I feel like it's yeah. underrated. And Brittany and Murphy. Brittany Murphy, Brittany Murphy was in that. And that's how I got to be close with Brittany Murphy. You yeah. were good friends with her, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah. I got to do one of her, it wasn't one of her last interviews, but it was an interview. It was a big one for Marie Claire. Uh, around the time of Little Black Book. I liked her. She was She's sweet. special. She just was a really yeah. special, little, kooky, awesome person. Yeah. 
Um, I'm going to share something that I'm uh, observing about my own life and see if you relate to this. So, as you know, I'm developing this game and, and stuff. So I started looking back at old magazine interviews that I did, because that's what I was doing when we met. Yeah. For, like, late, the mid, early 90s till mid-2000s, and then things kind of shift. And I'm looking for um, times that I use the questions in the game in these interviews, and I'm thinking there's some stuff there. And I'm, I'm reading all of these interviews, and I'm remembering that a lot of these actresses at that time... I clicked like crazy with them, yeah. and some of them I became friendly with. And I look back and I'm like, "What? What? I know I'm kind of cool and good at my job and fun and make them feel safe." But then when all this like Weinstein stuff come, started coming out, yeah. and I'm thinking, "Oh, I'm the opposite of that." Absolutely. And if they leave this interview with me, you know, read on 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 Beverly, and go to that, <laughs> yeah. No wonder they. Yeah. And do, do you feel like you're a bit of a safe harbor in a? Yeah, I had I. I mean, you know, stuff goes on. I didn't know the sheer relentlessness of it and the sheer volume of it until the last couple of years, and and it sort of made me see my own um, interactions in a different light. Because when that like Weinstein came out, every one of those actresses interviewed him, interviewed him twice. Yeah, you know, like almost all of them. Yep. So thoughts? it is. Yeah, no, it is. I think there. I think there's something with. Straight women in general and gay men, there's always just an interesting connectivity. And I think that actresses, I think there's creative and gay men that's even stronger than just women again. So I think it's right. kind of this perfect storm of of connection. And I found that a lot with uh, people who I've connected with and actresses a lot that we've worked with. And whether it's... You know, Maureen McCormick, who I never worked with her, but I was like this massive fan from the Brady Bunch, right. and her agent asked me to read her book and then take a meeting, and that, but, like we left there like holding hands. I mean, and that was yeah. like a dream for me. Or you know, Minka Kelly, who, who we did you know the Charlie's Angels short-lived Charlie's Angels TV show with on ABC. There, there's just so many people that you just have a great connection with, and I've never really broken it down. Right. But I, I'm sure what you're talking about is accurate, and even if they're not getting that type of sexism by their studio executives, I feel like people are getting it from their their boyfriends, their doormen, Everywhere. the guy at the fucking grocery store. You can't be Minka Kelly, who at the time was like on the cover of Maxim Magazine, is like the world's most beautiful woman, yeah. and just not have, like, feel objectified or weird. I don't know. And yeah. then, you know, you're with, like, your gay pal where you know there's just zero... What a relief it must yes. be. yeah. I mean, I, I knew that there were forces at work and that must be a lot to have to always kind of stand your ground. I didn't know how relentless and how dark it was. Yeah. And I think that they li that it is a scary place when you're an actress of sharing with other... If you're non-actress friends, don't associate because they're not an actress. And if you're talking to another actress who kind of gets it, but then it's their competition. So talking to like a safe gay guy and also getting the male perspective, even though, you know, because yeah. gay guys are men and we think like men. Yeah. And so we're giving that perspective in a safe harbor. It's an interesting thought. Yeah. Now, in your career, you've lived in New York. You've also spent some time in, uh, obviously, a lot of time in L.A. Yep. What's the difference for you in terms of your day-to-day -day and work life? And do you feel more at home in either one or the other? Yeah, I, Los Angeles, because I'm, you know, born and raised in Riverside, California, which is, you know, 50 miles from right. here. So I'm a Southern California guy. I moved to L.A. proper 
you yeah. know, in my mid-twenties. So this is really home for me. I love New York. The good thing is, is when I'm in New York, I love New York. And when I'm in L.A., I love L.A. I oh, don't good. I don't wish I was in the other city, which I think is really lucky. New York um, is very hard. It's just hectic. It's hectic on it's every a lot, right? level. You go to the grocery store. You only buy as much as you can carry. You don't make another pit stop yeah. to grab a beer with a friend because you've got fucking frozen peas, and you're yeah. like, I, and you don't want to like take the train five stops to put it in your freezer to go back to it's. God, it's a pain, and right. it's expensive. Right. I, you know, it's like to really do it yeah. well, and it, it, yeah. So L.A. for me, which I love, and also comes at a price, but. And now you also have a place in Palm Springs. I do. How tempted are you to just like stay out there and just like it's well, you know, the interesting thing is oh, I'm just drop out. The more I've gotten into like the the business side of things with Drew and managing right. all these licensing, it, it's surprising how much is just phone calls and conference calls and everything is. So right. I do get to spend time out there, but I know what you mean in the like, I'm just done. I want to stay out here. I want to garden. I don't want to like, of, of course it's a fantasy yeah. uh, to do it. And I'll do it one day, but right. not, not yet. there yet. No. So talk to me about the transition into the brands and, and, the, and the merchandise and the beauty and the eyeglasses. Yeah. What are all the Barrymore brands? So we, I, it's really spurred from when Drew was uh, a cover girl when she was so we, we met with the Procter & Gamble people and it was for her to is be is that cover girl with Procter & Gamble they were yeah okay. and it was sort of just to be you know uh, one of the faces of sure. and we sort of met with the team and as we were saying well yeah but we'd want to have them put on photographer and you know we have ideas on this and that and yeah. they're like well you know, basically what you're asking to be as a creative director and we're looking for just a face of and we're like we totally mad respect great thank you so much Six, eight months ago, they call back again. They're like, so we're, you know, we're, and Drew's, you know, hasn't had like a manager or a publicist really in, you know, forever. Really? So we do that internally, like at Flower. Like we kind of handle all so of those So she was going to do the cover of, you know, Harper's Bazaar. You, we would you coordinate all of that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's no uh, publicist. Or, That's really or, interesting. Or manager because she, she wants, she's in it with us. It's not like she's just, no one's going to do it. Right. She, yeah. Um, so because of that, then when Cover Girl comes back, it was, you know, they were talking to me directly and saying, we, and I said, no, Drew still loves Cover Girl, but nothing has changed as far as what we wanted. So they said, okay, we have an idea. What if we made her co-creative director of her own campaign and come up, which was unprecedented for them. Yeah. So Drew, of course, was like, absolutely. So we had this great relationship with CoverGirl. And then I think that Drew really looked at that as sort of like like her education her and beauty. Yeah. And then we had an opportunity to launch a color cosmetics line um, at Walmart exclusively. Yeah. And so that whole thing started about seven years ago. And then I was pivotal in that at the time. And, and still am. And I think there was a time where Drew had just done, you know, movie to movie to movie to back to, to where I think it was like, oh, God. I just want to pick some lipstick cases. Which is, I mean, by the way, doing movies is actually <laughs> easier because you go in and someone else does a lot of, and like the, like the yeah. beauty, the brand building is insane. It's a um, lot. But I think it was more using a different part of the brain. Yeah. I want to do some, I want to wake up and go to a different job. Right. Than I've been doing for the past 30 years is I think what she was thinking. How was the learning curve for you? You know, Learning about I, here's, skew numbers and it was, ingredients. And what I always say is that when people talk about producing, yeah. if you're, you can produce 
your friend's birthday party. And all it just means is you're the one that's good at like, okay, we need the balloons by 4 p.m. I made the reservations here. Bob, you pick up the such and such. The invites went. It just sort of a producer means like you've thought of everything. You've come up with an idea and you've delivered it. And you've delivered it on budget and on time. And you you made the majority of people happy. So if you really apply that to anything, whether it's producing a movie, you're producing a color cosmetics line. What, What did we promise Walmart? And how do we get there for the dollar amount we're supposed to? And that's a puzzle and I live for shit like that. You like putting it So you together. just reapply and you just take out, instead of talking about like the director of photography, you're talking about yeah. the chemist. Instead of talking about the marketing guy at Warner Brothers, you're talking about the marketing guy at Procter & Gamble. Yeah. And it just sort of everything, that's the simplistic version of yeah. it. Talk to me about the physical stuff. Do you go in and smell things and everything, look well, at every, is there a tactile sensory thing when you're choosing all yes, this stuff? everything. And this is where I'm saying that like that, that is where Drew, that's a Drew thing. I'll be in the other room crunching yeah. numbers, figuring out the new store account, what is like the new mod okay. and like the shipping. I love that. I, my eyes start glazing over. Drew will sit with the chemist for 12 Yeah. Hours. Let me smell that get, other one to again. To get a lipstick right. I she wanna... will. And it'll be like, no, we need to push the mic on this. We need to do this. And we, no, let's do that. It's another three cents if we like add some weight to that component. Nope. Then we got to take it out somewhere. I mean, she, and she's fucking good at it. Right. I don't have the attention span for that. Right. I have it for this. Right. That's perfect. But and yes, she touches and develops every single thing. In all of your brands, what's that runaway hit that just people love? Well, Flower Beauty was really sort of like our tent pole that started everything. We had right. Flower Eyewear. We're launching in other categories. We did um, apparel. We did a launch of apparel and, and um, accessories, which we're turning into a whole different thing for another retailer that's happening next year. So I'm being a little cagey about it. That's right. Because um, you, you know, know all the big brands listen to this. Uh, they do, there's a lot. I, well, I mean, you just it's like you just never know. No, um, you're right. You're smart. I'm not being. I'm just well, being like, no, it's like whispering in a yeah. restaurant in LA when you're talking about like yeah. a movie star because yeah. she might be there or her publisher. Or of course. Her agent, you know? um, so why you're still in this business? I think color cosmetics in general has really been like extreme. color cosmetics means eye, face, and lips. So everything to do. So eye is everything from mascara yeah. to you know. Um, uh, eyeliners yeah. to eyeshadows and then you know faces yeah. foundation and glitter and lip is lipstick and lip liners and all that so those are the three pillars of it so um, I just think in general as a brand it's yeah. spoken to people um, Drew has an image with the brand with flower as, as like a little hippie like a yes. little and I would want that in my Drew yep and it's a real component it is a component and oddly enough one that we're not trying to get away from right. I think that it is it's, it's very it's very soft and I think that you know the word flower it's it's our name so yeah. we don't necessarily always have to have a flower in a, a picture of a flower I think what we've learned and I think the way that the that what people are expecting out of beauty is a little more aggressive a little harder edge a little this so you you'll you've already can start seeing our shift a little bit in our brand right. messaging and packaging and everything else that is less Drew in a field of, you know, daisies. I want her barefoot. And more Frol- of like... I want her frolicking. Well, we have one now. We have a... We launched a warrior mascara and literally like Drew's like in a camo jacket with like a gold grenade in her hand. Oh, I shit. Mean, so it's very like... So we've... We're, we're edging it up. We're edging it up. Yeah. Yeah. 
Take that, Kylie. Exactly. <laughs> Kylie Jenner with your billboard on Santa Monica I Boulevard mean, my God. every second. That it's like nine hundred million dollars. I don't need it. I she. It's it's yeah. phenomenal what they've done. And I mean, you know, it's like you you kind of want to be like a hater, but you're like, you know what? No, my hats off. Hats off. And every person I know that has worked with them, done anything with them, they are like the nicest fucking girls you ever want to meet. And I'm just like, that's all I want. I want yeah. nice people, and good for them. Yeah. The, the life's too short. Lived of assholes did you start in your years in Hollywood is it there, that list sort of forms doesn't it start to form a little bit I it, it it's more it, there are lists and I think there are projects that we've done that we've walked away from and their life's too short and it's not necessarily because of one person I think it's because projects take a tonal change as sure. you get like a new writer or then this studio came on and they're looking for more of a this when we were thinking that and right. I, and so I think in the life's too short walk away from things it, it we uh, we've done it and we still do it there you go yeah I also like flower because it's a verb it's yes. not just a noun it's a verb remember it's also a verb yeah I'm sure you've had meetings about this I'm sure <laughs> I, you've I, done I, a powerpoint this might about be this. the first one really this might be the first one just, I want to remind everybody <laughs> I want you to call Drew and say I just realized something it's also a verb, we're a verb. <laughs> we're a verb. And then you did this. You bought Revolver. Yeah. A beloved gay bar. Yeah. Now, Revolver was like... Well, brought Revolver back. Back. It yeah. was not... It was... What was in here before? It oh, was they did like... East fancy, West. East West, and then there was a fancy... No, it was Revolver before. So yes. it was Revolver, and then that closed down. I, the story that I think I got is the owner passed away, the boyfriend kind of got the bar... Uh, it really wasn't being run well, and like yeah. most things do, and they had a great run. I mean, yeah. they were open for you know over a dozen years, I think. Um, but that space has always been a gay bar. Like it was like the Blue Parrot before yeah. that. So since the seventies, so it's such a special, just energy wise, that corner of Santa right. Monica, which we're sitting above right now. Now that was the bar that I of all the West Hollywood bars in the nineties. I spent a fair amount of time in there watching videos. Yeah, yeah that was my bar. Maybe met a fella or two. That yeah, was yours. So there was, was a nostalgia factor involved in bringing it back. Without a doubt. And the funny thing is, is I remember when the first Charlie's Angels, we had gotten the new trailer that we were allowed to like put out there. It was on VHS. Right. And I brought it to Revolver. Oh my and gosh. they played it and everyone was freaking out on a set because everyone had been hearing about the movie, right. of course, and no one had seen it. Um, but... It, it yeah, it was the original video bar, and yeah. and all of the employees had VCRs at home, right. and they were all charged with recording different stuff. So this guy was, you know, did Dynasty and Facts of Life, and this wow. guy did Falcon Crest and this, and they'd bring their tapes in, and the guy upstairs would edit them together and do these amazing things that were exhaustive that like now an eight year old can yeah. do on a laptop. So when you started exploring the idea of hey maybe I want to buy a bar was it something you really did your homework on or was there some was there something sort of impulsive about it you know it was I think it was more that owning a bar would be fun it's just it, yeah. you know if you've ever gone into a bar and an employee like knows your name or the owner yeah. buys you a drink you like feel like oh my god this is yeah. the coolest thing ever and and to so. I just kind of think, well, who wouldn't want to own a great bar or a great restaurant or a great yeah. clothing boutique? It just always seems like such a lofty goal. And so I, I was just attracted to that. Yeah. Um, then, you know, East West was in the space there. And it was more just like, is there a play to do something with East West or acquire East West? 
And then really as it sort of evolved, it was like what that space really wanted to be. It wanted to be Revolver again. It wanted to be Revolver. And so Revolver came back and everyone was just super thrilled. And that was seven years ago. I'm looking at the water bottles that say Revolver. Yes. I love your logo. It's, it's Talk to just, me about, are you a logo uh, yes, font I am. person? Like, yeah, you yeah. Nailed, I feel like you nailed it. It's just simple, and it's got the backwards R for, like, rotating and revolver. Yeah. And I always, you know, now in this day and age, it's funny, because I'm always careful that people don't know the bar, and I say it's revolver, and I'm like, because we have a revolving door, because I'm so worried that someone's going to think it's, like, gun-related, because yeah. I, you know, I'm I'm definitely right. not that yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I, th- I like the logo. I like the simplicity of it. What's something about having a revolving door that you didn't occur to you until after you had it, and you're like, oh, that's weird when you're trying to move a cake in, or I don't know what it well, is. Well, we the funny thing is, is there's other doors for that type of thing. I I'm surprised, especially on the West Coast, we don't have a lot of revolving doors. And yeah. when I bought that revolving door, like it came in from like Kansas City because right. there's just no manufacturers here that do it because otherwise we don't need it. Um, so is that I, why they exist for weather? Type yeah. Purposes? So it, yeah. Keeps so it keeps. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so um, I think that it, what I was surprised is how much fun. People have going yeah, through the revolving door. It's a novelty, and then people put their foot in it and jam is, their friend in the wedge, or they see how many they can fit in one of the pieces. Is it an of Instagram thing that people have to do now? Like that? I pink think it's wall a little small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a little small for an Instagram, but, as, which is probably for the best because the last thing you need. Yeah, at is revolving that. door, add alcohol, and people love it. Yeah. What uh, is it sexy to own a gay bar? It, you know, it is. It's sexy and it's fun. It's funny because talking about like the, you know, we sort of brought up everything happening in Hollywood with the Weinstein thing and early on I've, I've always drew a line. Like I never slept with an employee. I never, you know, hooked up with go-go dancers. I never did. Well, there went my next 10 questions. Well, well, the thing is, (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm a Leo, so it's like, I really have to know that you want me for me. I don't want, if I don't. If I think you're doing it for a free drink or a good shift, or it will destroy my ego yeah. and everything about it. Or to it. meet so, the girl from ET. Yeah, exactly. Because right. you're Drew Barrymore's best friend and business partner. Right. Because those things will crush my soul, and I will feel so bad about myself. So for me, it was always easy to stay away from that. And when all these things started coming to light, and everyone's like, you could see certain people, their brain is clicking. Because like, oh, people are going back 20 years and getting oh, fucking yeah. in trouble. I, I never, for a moment, I never had a thing because I was like, I never, you want that, you want that role, you want to meet that casting director, d- get under, ooh, I, ugh, it's so, I can't, I can't do it. So I, I skated right out of all those things. Right. That's so crazy. I was looking, like I said, these interviews, and there are so, I, I'm literally, so I have like 10 big binders of magazine articles that I've written. I'm halfway through the first binder, and I'm already like overwhelmed with like, all this Me Too stuff that wasn't Me Too stuff yet, I asked Kate Beckinsale about, you know, a Nightmare Audition story, and she said, well, there's one movie star who every time you audition with him, he picks the kissing scene. So I've, and he always sticks his tongue down your throat, so I've made out with him like five times, and I don't know him socially at all. Wow. And if that were in a magazine article that I wrote today, People it would, would be, be hun- all over the web. Well, they'd be hunting him down. Who is it? Finding out I the mean, guy. Yep, no, And totally. that was like just a little... You know, there was a sense of grievance about it, but it was sort of like, "What are you going to do?" Kind exactly. Of thing. Yep. Um, and I and that's and I have a million things yeah, like that. It's so, so insane. It's so crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, 
What makes a good bartender? The thing about that, my thing has always been is friendly. I, I, you know, obviously you want a good drink and you want, you don't want to wait so long for it, but I've always felt someone is deciding to come spend their eight, ten, twelve dollars here at my bar. There's 20 of them on the boulevard and you chose here. And you should be treated yeah. nicely. And yeah. that is my thing. You should get a good drink. You should. But I think that people will come back to a bar with a great friendly bartender and a bad drink, but they won't go back to a bar with like a shitty bartender, an unfriendly and a good drink. You know what I mean? I right. think you've got a better chance at getting people with friendly than like they're complete dicks, but God, that, that. He's diet, so nice. Co- you remember the people that were nice. You do. So I think it's a combination. And I remember when we were opening Revolver and I was saying, like, look, I want hot bartenders. Because who doesn't? Right. But I want friendly first. The good news is we're in Los Angeles. I bet we can get both. Yeah. And it's been one of, like, our things where it's just, like, you you be fucking nice. Yeah. We're grateful people are choosing us for a drink. Don't you right. dare forget it for a minute. Have you had to fire people? I'm sure. Yeah. Are you yeah. good at it? Have you gotten good at it? Um, you know, I, I, th- I think it's never fun, ever. Yeah. Even even if you just can't wait for that person to be there. Because yeah. I think that you have to look at it from their perspective. And at the end of the day, you might feel relieved. But they're going home. They've got bills to pay. They're going, fuck. They have to tell people they got fired. They're like, it's just never. It no, really it's, is. it's hard. Um, and even as badly as some people mess up, I, I you feel bad because how did you not see that you were going to mess up yeah. so badly you're going to lose a job? You know. Um, I, I haven't gotten, it hasn't gotten easier, but I think I've gotten good at going just very direct. Yeah. This isn't working out. I'm letting you go today. Cause I think if you start with the whole thing and they're sitting there, am I getting fired? Am I not getting fired? Am I, this? I don't know. And now I'm not focusing on what you're saying. Yeah. Am I going to have a job at the end of the, you just got to pull off the bandaid. Right. We're letting you go today. And I, I, I'd love to, and it, it's been such a bummer because you've done so many great things for us. So I, you know, but so I'd love to talk it out with you. I don't want you to leave here feeling badly. I don't want to feel... What can we right. do? To, you know, so... Yeah. I feel... I, I felt like I had that moment just now. I felt like I was getting fired, <laughs> but then you sort of made it okay. Um, on the way in, there was one of your um, people that you work with yes. here. Yeah. Younger. Yeah. But I felt this mentor... Do you have this sort of fatherly... Well, not quite fatherly, but I felt like this caretaking vibe. Yeah, he was... He with is, your yeah, staff in general. He's one of like the senior managers at Revolver. Right. And funny enough, he... Um, it's interesting because he came in with someone over a year ago. He had sort of just moved to town... The friend I knew from business, and he was like, oh, this is Chris, and he, you know, just moved into town. I don't know if you have anything. And I I chatted with him for just a couple of minutes, and I was like, you've got it. Like, you've got that thing. Like, you are, you, I'm like, I'm going to find something for you. And I I don't hire, I I hire um, managers, and I'm, I'm, I get approval process over bartenders, but, you know, bar back security, cocktail waiters. I've got a very qualified management staff. I don't need to approve everything. So I I hired him as a barback and without, and I haven't hired a barback maybe ever, you know, in seven years. And I remember telling my GM who was not happy. I was like, well, dude, yeah, I did. I hired a make room for him. I don't care if it's two nights a week with shitty shifts. This, I like this kid. 
and I want you know he just moved in. So he's now one of my managers. Yeah, and, and he so was your instincts were right. So it was, and he's young. He's you know in his mid twenties, but he um, he was the guy that was doing stuff that wasn't asked to be doing. He was the guy that said, "I'm really good at Excel. If you ever need anything." So he got in there and he did the hard work. And That's awesome. Yeah. So, but so I, th- I just picked up on yeah. a nice vibe between you guys. I was like, a, yeah, uh, that's cool. What's it like to work around alcohol and to learn about alcohol and how much it costs and this kind and that kind? Was it a lot to, to learn? Well, if you kind of go back to the producing thing, it really isn't. And especially, I think a restaurant would be incredibly difficult. Yeah. And I always think. If you go into a restaurant and you order a chicken dinner and it's $26 and I think, God, all the fucking work that went into that. The food got delivered, the chicken got prepped, the sous chef did the sauce and the thing and it this and if they didn't use it, they had to throw the other three away and then the chef did it and then the thing and then the guy's got to wash the dishes and put it back. $26 at Revolver is Two kettle sodas. And it takes us about 45 seconds to do those. Right. We throw nothing away unless we overcut limes. Yeah. And all it is is two glasses that go into the dishwasher and right back into the thing. So I think the restaurant would be incredibly challenging on how you make all that profit and loss work. For the bar, I think it's a learning curve. And I think, you know, you keep your labor and you keep your core cost in check and you make those customers happy um, and your employees happy. It's a lot less complicated. Was it ups and downs when you started, or was it pretty? Did it do pretty well right out of the gate? It or really like, did. How do you manage the ups and downs it, in a business? Like well, this? I think that you just sort of learn year over year, and yeah. every everything is cyclical. And it just turns out, oh, I didn't know that we take a dip that hard in January, but we do. And so our average is not this a week; it's this a week. Okay, yeah. good to know. And you sort of like manage those. But I think you got to, you know, you'll start seeing a night that was great for like two years and it's waning. Yeah. You're like, no, we need to give people something fresh. We're like, okay, got it. We got to freshen this up for you. Did uh, have any random celebrities wandered in? That I mean, there. I like mean, there's a, an Ian McKellen moment. I, know, I mean, you know Anderson Cooper, but yeah. I, you know, it's like I kind of know him and Andy Cohen, and yeah. you know, like the 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 A gays as I call them, but you know, it yeah. just gets everyone like super like I excited. To, and, yeah, I listen to Andy's radio show sometimes, and there was and there was some benefit that they were all at for some private school, and one of their kids was in the private school, and they all had their sh- and I was like, wow, that is a lot yeah. of information, yeah, and that's a lot of. Uh, Big money and stuff. Anyway. Yeah. Like Wanda Sykes will, you know what I mean? Because we do she'll like a comedy in. thing. So she'll like pop in and, and do stuff. And yeah, there's there's people that have come in, I think, that, that excite people for sure. There but it's go. not like a big, big celebrity hangout. When is it nuts? Pride? Pride and Halloween. Those are like yeah. our two over the top. Like and you're the like, staff oh, is we dead. Just get through Everyone's the line. dead. We close the next day. Every random friend is texting you saying, hey, babe. Are you going to be at the bar today? Yeah. And you realize their last text was exactly 12 months ago. Right. You know? and, um, there's a lot of that, but I love it. And I'm, yeah. again, I'm just like grateful. And I see like a line of people and they don't want me to work the door because I'll let everyone in and I won't, you know, if we charge yeah. a cover for Halloween, I'm like, oh God, no. Yeah. There was like a whole group that had like gay men's chorus t-shirts on and like the guy was charging cover. I'm like, oh, oh God. They're in the goddamn they're, gay men's they're chorus. They're doing good stuff. They sing for our people. And, no, and then like the people, the guy <laughs> behind him who wasn't gay men's chorus, I was like, you probably 
probably do nice things in your life too. Come on in. You know, right. it's just, so you're a bit and, of a pushover at the door. Well, and I've also when I you know I stopped drinking for like a cleanse. Um, like, <laughs> I didn't <laughs> stop drinking. I'm terrified. I stopped drinking for like a cleanse. And I remember saying to the bartenders at one point, I said, "Am I less fun when I'm here and I'm like not drinking?" And they said, "Well, you don't give the bar away, which is nice because when I'm like drinking and I've had like some drinks, I'm like." Here. Well, the great thing is it's it's not a car dealership. I can give a drink away and it costs 25 cents. You know what I mean? So who fucking cares if I give a thousand away? Thank you for coming. Yeah. Do you serve the George Clooney vodka uh, tequila? We do. God, yeah. Is it fucking great? It's great. It really is one of my top favorites. That and Casadori Reposado. But the Casamigos, I mean, they really fucking nailed the great tequila. They nailed it and they're gazillionaires a million times over. Yeah. Has there ever, anything ever happened in your bar where you're like, this is nuts. This feels like a crazy movie. Not, you know... Do people get frisky? Do you ever have oh, to yeah. go in the bathroom and say... Well, I mean, I think the thing is, is that you have to realize that, you know, th- there's one purpose that we serve. It's to serve alcohol. Right. So you can't ever really get mad or surprised. Yeah. If you are, you're an yeah, idiot. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh my God, this guy got drunk and grabbed me. Are you fucking kidding? You're at a gay bar. We've right. got go-go dancers and Speedos everywhere. We've right. got you liquored up. We've got you horned up. I can't be mad if right. you try and grab me in the bathroom. I'll politely, like, right. push your hand away. Someone takes it to an extent. We ask them very nicely to leave. But, yeah. Yeah. But that happens. Yeah. But there hasn't been anything crazy. Like, no. somebody brought that goat in that Not, once. No one's ridden a horse in or <laughs> no. a motorcycle. Like or Studio right 54. Well, that's the revolving door. You yeah, they get can't a get in. It really holds the out the door. Breath. What makes a good go-go dancer? Dance. Yeah, and again, I think it goes to like engaging the crowd. Back about the dance. Thank people, you. People will forgive not the perfect six pack if you just are fucking giving it up there and dancing and engaging and saying right. hi and making eye contact. If you are a perfect body, vapid guy who's just wishing he was somewhere yeah. else and everyone notices it, brings a fucking room. To, we'll send him home. Yeah, I we'll, like to imagine yeah. that the Go Go Boys have nicknames like Pony Boy and like they're like the <laughs> I, outsiders. They're they. You know what? I have such mad respect for them, and I have a lot there that have been dancing there for a long time. Yeah. And I just think, you know, you get up on that box, you expose. Like I, you couldn't pay me enough to put on a speedo. Right. And and granted, it's not my job to like. Do you look have good. you have special revolver speedos, right? Yeah, we have uni- we have uniform Go Go Boys. We have uniform. I appreciate stuff. that. Yeah, I like I like. Consistency. I like a speedo more than a thong. I am not a lover of a thong. I don't like. I don't. I, I, I don't, I don't know sexy. who it looks good on. I think it's weird. I right? do, and I just think it's mm, it's, it's a little gross. Tacky, a little gross. I don't like yeah. it. Yeah, I know skid marky. Yeah. I don't need uh-uh, it. Don't now, like do it. you hire? Do they dance other places, or is yeah. it like a booker? I there's, used to. There's um, a booker. I know Willem Bella used to book. Yeah, that's Yanni, yeah. who we worked with Willem forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who does our booking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I followed him around one night when he was going around with all the different Go Go Boys. It was very exciting. Yeah, this was pre. The, and, and this and Yanni, I mean, he's great I, because he's managing. 50 guys, it's, they're, they're late, they're this, they're calling yeah. out, he's trying to replay, he, the, yeah, so that's I love it. it. Let me see what else I wrote down here. Um, what do you love about LA and what are you like, oh, that's so LA, I don't love it. So, it's going to sound so cliche, it, yeah. the traffic has become unbearable. Yeah. It, it really, getting around what used to take you 10 minutes, it takes 30, it's just, it's no like question. when you're on one of the apps and somebody lives in Santa Monica and you're like, no. you just as well live in Dubuque, Iowa. Well, it's funny because it's the <laughs> same. Like, it, no. Well, your, you're, your, your eyes went dead when I said well, that. Because Brent. the funny thing is, is like, it's, <laughs> I feel like it's worse in New York because it's so condensed right. that if you're on 28th and you're on an app and someone's like, hey, and they're like on 34th, you're like,
like, oh, let me just hold off for someone in the 20s. Like, it's way worse <laughs> in New York. Really? If, I would think that's what's If you're too stuff. far east or too far west, it's like, yeah. it's like such a thing there. But, um, yeah, we've gotten kind I'm of gonna like I'm going to wait until there's somebody in my building. Well, uh, I think there's the allure. I think what, you know, and I've been on and off those apps forever. And right. I think that there is sort of the, I just want the validation that someone likes me. I'm sitting at home in a bathrobe right. and my hair and curlers. I have yeah. zero, zero I'm intention of going out, out tonight. <laughs> but I'm going to play the game because I want to feel good. And it's super frustrating because I've also been the guy that's like, no, I'm legit looking tonight. If yeah. you're the guy that was me last night, don't fucking talk to me. Right. Um, but I so think you've been both roles and you can you, own that. I appreciate You've been both that. roles and I think that it's some point when you're like oh god and then you're just and i guess it's like age but i'm like ugh, i'm gonna have to take a shower and then get my car and i'm just gonna jerk off i can call right. it a night i'm gonna go to bed early right exactly that's normally more what happens how's your romantic life now it's good it's yes. really good i i think that i've been you know dating and going out there and putting myself out and i think trying to do different things in relationships that you know don't repeat patterns of things that didn't work before and i'm having a nice time right I'm now. I'm happy for that. You're, yeah. you're going to turn 50 soon. I'll be 50 next year, yeah. Do you feel like 50? How does that feel? I don't know what 50 is anymore. I yeah. mean, because I look at 50 of when, you know, my mom was 50 and my aunt was 50 and my grandma was 50 and we're just not that anymore. It's, yeah. it's bizarre. So I, I'm a little like, whoa, about right. it. But I'm also like, God, you know what yeah, I mean? When you think about it, you're like, shit. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. guess it's not bad. What are you going to do anyway? What are you going to do? That's what are you going to do? The alternative. Yeah. Yeah. I, although I was on one of the apps today and I was like, I'm going to take a look at my profile and shit because I yeah. haven't touched that in a while. And if you want to not include your age, yeah. you have to pay. <gasps> yeah, it's either Tinder or Scruff or one of them. If you want to not include your age, oh, you have to pay. Well, then I was just, like, that, that's where they get you. Well, it's interesting because then <clears throat> it's one thing to not include your age. It's another thing to lie about your age. Because I think yeah. lying is kind of like a dick move. And even though I could pass for 45 on a you good totally day, could. I just also feel like, what, really? I, mean, yeah. I just like, oh, that's interesting. But this is the, the, the businessman point of view. is like, that's my philosophy too. I should just own it. And then somebody were able to somehow give you a printout. These were all the people that would have clicked on you with the exact same pictures yeah. if you had said 47. I was like, fuck it, I'm lying. Well, like, well, I don't know you if that's also, true. So many of those have the, and I always get confused if the thing is this way or this way. It means no, less or more, whatever that weird sideways symbol yeah. is. Oh, I don't like know. It, you know, it's like in numbers. Oh, you only want, like, greater than or less Greater than. or less than. Yeah. I always forget which is greater or less. Yeah. But you see it all the time, like, with that and, like, 30, that 35. You're like, I'm pretty sure that means, like, no one over 30, no one yeah. over 35, no yeah. one. Yeah. So then Somewhere, it's you yeah. know it's out there that people yeah. just are not going to see you. And you look great and you should get a 30 year What is it like to own a gay bar at a time when people are connecting more digitally? I was once, I hadn't been out in a club in a while. And I was with some friends and we ended up, we were a bachelor party. We ended up in a club and people were dancing. And one of my friends named Dharma goes, it's like my phone exploded. It's like we forget, oh, there are people in the world yeah. that you could talk to at a bar. Yeah. Do you feel like you're trying to preserve a lost art or that's something that may be in danger of totally going away. Yeah, I think it's just it goes with every, whether it's like movie theaters, just step up your fucking game. Make, you make them want to come out here. They can get yeah. this at home, but give them something they can't get at home. You can't get human act yeah. interaction at home. You can't get a cute bartender to talk to you. You can't yeah. get the, so I think you just got to keep doing that and so it's like okay, this is not a hookup club. Like yeah. we're not, but I went to Revolver in the 80s and 90s yeah. and my soul 
purpose was I want to hook up tonight. Yeah. And this is why I showered and got a cute outfit and came down. I've stood there for three hours. I had two vodka sodas and fucking A, I'm going to go home and jerk off. I wish I would have known this three years ago. Or three hours yeah. ago. So I think you just got to give them something that they can't get yeah. at home. Was there something you ever tried there that was like a pet thing and it was like, oh, that didn't go well? People weren't into macrame um, plant holder night. Yeah, uh, <laughs> funny enough, a lesbian night. I tried to do lesbian night because I more was like, they've got nowhere to go. Because there was like the there one gay bar, the palm, and that's gone. And then there's been great nights like called like Truck Stop and yeah. things like that that they've done, like, you know, in the Abbey and Here Bar at the time did stuff. But I was more like, wouldn't it be nice to have a permanent place? So, you know, I've got this yeah. little back room at Revolver, which is like 20 people. But I thought, what if that was just literally like, at the lesbian bar every night. Like, it yeah. was their place to go. And and it's great because it looks full with three people, or you yeah. could squeeze in 30 people if right. you wanted to. Um, it, it it just didn't work. And didn't people happen. went for, like, a little bit, and but they... So, yeah, that didn't work. Oh. They're, they're a, a different... I can't figure out what what yeah. how, what they do, where they go. Are you so busy when, on a given night, or do you ever see people connect? Like, oh, that guy was looking at that guy, and now they're talking. Oh, oh and now they're kissing. Because yes. I would become invested like it's a romantic comedy. Oh, no, I... I'm rooting for you, oh, too. Oh, no, I... Put me <laughs> at an airport on a layover. I'm such a people watcher. I, I, I break it down. I love it. The eye yeah. contact. Nothing gets lost on me to the point where, like, I ruin things, because yeah. I'm like, you just rolled your eyes. It's like, no, I... And I no, you did. I noticed. Um, I... But, oh, my God, I love it. I'm like, oh, my God, he's walking by him again, and, oh, God, is he, he just did the weird walk. He was trying to walk home, fuck, I know what that feels, and did the guy notice, and they'll talk, oh, it's so fun. Do you ever see guys that you can tell are fresh off the boat from somewhere else? Yes. I think, I, well, I just think that, that there's people like... that don't, they're wide-eyed, they're, they, I, what I love about that is they, they're not afraid yet, like, they're wearing, like, just yeah. the outfit, they're going for it, because people haven't, like, made fun of them, or people had made yeah. feel bad about them, and yeah. so, I love that. Before yeah. they feel jaded or feel like they have to dress like the other guy or made to feel bad. It's yeah. so special and awesome. I love it. What's your favorite compliment to get from someone that spent a night at Revolver? I just think it's like they had the best time or, or we were only coming for one drink and we stayed all night. Like that's yeah. like literally we did something right. Like you were going to stop by and you, this was your first stop out of three and you spent the whole night here. That I love it. Love makes me so happy. Um, from the outside, you seem incredibly successful. Do you feel successful? I think that everything is in comparison to something else. I think that you have to be careful to not compare. Yeah. I think you have to enjoy your own success and what you're you telling have. me to stop looking at Dustin Lance's <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> I don't follow him. Is it? Does it make you feel bad about where you are? Or <laughs> I happened to go into that hole this weekend. It's kind of like you know. What's funny is they recently had a baby, right? Yeah, cute baby. And I was looking, there was a picture of him and, and, and the boyfriend, and they're both cute, and then there's a, there's a bassinet, and my thought was like, oh, only one baby. Because <laughs> it seemed like they'd have two, right? No, of course, yeah. yeah. But um, I, re- I do remember the weekend they got married at a castle in England, and then the, 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 um, the, ca- the caption was, and what did you do this weekend? Oh, my God. Well, I went to Costco. <laughs> the dry cleaners. I went to the dry cleaners. <laughs> I tried to sell some stuff at Crossroads for some extra pocket money. <laughs> Um, yeah. I think no, it's, it's, I think it's important it, it, to be it's just a, it's just a funny inspired eye by and yes, yeah. do I, there am I, I'm so grateful for what I have. I feel good because I really feel I legit earned everything I oh, have. Yeah. It didn't you get handed to me. As a super hard worker. Um, but you know, you uh, of course, and I and I do. I think I see people, and it's funny because you talk about the kids, and I like follow like Nate Burkus, and I think oh, oh that looks like that looks Ugh. like such a nice, lovely life, and I, I do wonder that, and I see you know. Um, 
uh, Danny Rose and Aaron Rosenberg, who are just the nicest guys, and they've got these yeah. beautiful children, and they're both hard workers, and they're wildly successful, and I, I'm so happy, I'm more happy for, like, them, yeah. and Abraham Higginbotham, I, like, yeah. look at his lovely husband and their kids, and I'm just like, yay, uh, so... I'm more inspired by it, I think, yeah. than constantly comparing yourself because I think that's dangerous. It is dangerous. Yeah, you can trip. Because I'm sure I'm lucky enough that people look at me right. and think, "God, I wish I had what he had," and, and, and I'm more just like, "Come talk to me," because I got, I got, I worked for it. Like, right. if you want it, I can help you a little bit with like the path together. I love that. What was the dream when you set out in the business? Was there like, I want to be in this part of it, or I want to make? help make the movies like what, yeah what I wanted to be on set I just remember watching like a behind the scenes thing and whatever yeah. the scene was in the movie I was you know in my teens and it was like people were in a, in sand on the beach and there were lights and movie cameras and I was like I can't believe that's their job yeah. I can't believe it's their job that's the glamorized version of right. the job and those days are fun and glamorous there's a lot of hard days that come with it right. but I think I got that and I've spent plenty of days on a beach shooting movies and I'm super grateful I love it alright you picked some questions from the observation deck what's your favorite souvenir from a job Oh, um, my seat backs on the on the director chairs, even though yeah. I'm not a director. But I, when I first got a first seat back with my name on it, I was, I was super stoked. So, so I, it's just, just your name? Does it say the name of the film on the back? It normally that faces the back will yeah. say the name of the show that you're working on, right. and then where you, the part where your back goes up against is your name. Yeah. I like that the, I have they some even that call right movies shows. Here's the problem with displaying those. You want to see both sides. You can't. You got to pick. You got to pick. Yeah. Am I going to be... Yeah, my Charlie's show Angels or my name? Two? We know it's me. Let's yeah. put the yeah. <laughs> Let's put the show yeah. up. Um, what movie have you seen more than any other? Probably Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion or yeah. Devil Wears Prada. Those are neck and neck. They would be a good double feature, actually. Yeah, they would be. Can I just tell you, I entered this um, Writer's Access Project thing at the Writer's Guild, and it's, it's a blind judging or whatever, and I really needed something to happen for me because I the writer's strike from fashion movies happened blah 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 I, I got a call from the organizer and I was like oh shit I wonder if I got in or whatever they hadn't even announced who made it yet but Robin Schiff the writer of Romeo and Michelle yep. was one of the judges on my script and wanted to reach out to me wow I know I was like that's amazing yeah we had lunch it's, it was super I mean, cool it's the most quotable I can't yeah. I mean it's right up it's you know that they're working on a musical yeah I know I'll be there that's awesome. Anyway, she was cool. Who's the most famous or memorable person you've been in an elevator with? When I was first at Columbia TriStar, and I was in the elevator at Sony Pictures Plaza, which is the big eight-story executive building that I was an assistant in, and I rode the elevator with Donnie and Marie Osmond. Holy shit. And I shit. about fucking Both of died. Both and it was an elevator, and it was like, because it was everything when they worked there, was so it was YouTube? all smile. No, they were with, like, two other people. Sure. They were with two people that were with them, and it was, like, me and maybe one other person. I don't remember, because, yeah. but they smiled, and it was, I, I think they're very nice. I love the Osmonds. Yep. I have it in my blood a little, because I'm an Arizona yep. Mormon boy, yep. even though they're Utah, but um, <laughs> I would also want them to be a little bickery in the elevator. Like, I yeah. want Donnie to push all the buttons and Marie to go, yeah. <laughs> this guy. See what I have to put up with? Right. It right. wasn't that. No, it was a short ride. Smart. Can we at the end of this sing the Donnie Marie yeah. song? All right, cool. Where's the strangest place you've ever been recognized? Uh, I had done this thing for, uh, oh God, for E, I think. And uh, it was a thing about sort of um, 
Hollywood dream jobs or something right, like right, that. Right. They've done this thing. And I was at an airport and they were literally getting ready to close the doors and right. I was going to New York and the they were saying no and one of the gate agents is like, oh my God, you're the guy that works for Drew Barrymore. I just saw a thing on you. Open the door, open the door for... And I'm like literally, God, I, I was like, you got to fucking be kidding me right yeah. now. That's the best thing that yeah. the E-Network has ever done. Oh my God. I, I'm not sure I would recognize like Nicole Kidman. <laughs> right. And this guy recognized me. Right. It's like unbelievable. That's awesome. What's your best random celebrity sighting? Oh, okay. This was also early on. I was working at Columbia Pictures. I was at the gay Starbucks down the street, the big Starbucks. Right. And um, Marsha Cross... Okay. And I was Melrose Place, Place obsessed. Right. Her name was Kimberly. And I did the fucking thing that I make fun of people now that they do it with Drew. But she was in, I was like, Kimberly, I called her by her character name. Right. I was like, and I knew it was Marsha. I could have just said Marsha Cross. And right. I, I was like, Kimberly, we love you. That's all I could think to say. And right. she was like, we love you too. It was like the sweetest, nicest. And it. then I, she rolled with it. And I was like, that was the best thing ever. Who, which character did they call Drew mostly? Is there one Well, they say uh, Josie Grossi, she sure. gets a lot. Gertie from E.T. Right. Those right, are right, a lot right. of what, yeah. I would think that Drew seems to have the ability to make the person that has a moment with her feel special. and feel. I feel yeah. like she gives them their moment. Joan Rivers gave them their moment, when yeah. I, which I observed. And I always believe really, that's the thing I think I admired most about it. And I feel like Drew is like that, even though I have no. Well, truth. I mean, they're just whenever anybody, no one's ever disappointed, right? Ever, whether you're in a meet, developed meeting, I've never met her. Whether there's a new apparel designer in the room, whether it yeah. is someone on the sidewalk that recognizes her, everyone walks away with a smile. She's extremely special that way. I love it. That's awesome. What's the first concert you ever went to? I was a late concert goer. It was 1987. It was Madonna at Dodger Stadium. Which album? Who's that girl? Right? Yeah. yeah. Causing a commotion. Yep. yep. She'd just gotten skinny. Yeah. I mean, she was chubby for Virgin Well, I Four. was like, I knew every single yeah. song. It was when yeah. I was on my feet the entire time in yeah. the nosebleed section. It was like the Jumbotron. Her lips didn't match yeah. the sound because I was so far away, but I loved it. Everything. Who was your biggest celebrity crush when you were a teenager? Sean Cassidy, when, and I was probably not a teenager, but I was younger because I just think like all the girls loved him and yeah. he was sort of on every magazine cover. Um, I had a big Greg Louganis obsession though, like yeah. in the 1984 Olympics because I just was obsessed with everything that he was doing and, yeah. and, um, yeah, but Sean Cassidy early, Greg Louganis later. Have you met Madonna? I have. And? Several times. And um, it was the, not at all what I expected. And one of them was at a house, and uh, her manager, Guy Osiri, had invited us over, Drew and I. And Drew and Madonna and I got sort of in a little corner and ended up having, like, this most insane, like, 40-minute conversation. And um, I, the not, lovely, I couldn't believe how nice, it was just, it was it's heaven. Awesome. And I'd met her quickly a couple of other times, but I really actually got a moment with her. And Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been starstruck? Yes. Uh, funny enough, we were talking about Charlie's Angels too. When we cast Demi Moore, yeah, I had a moment. I was, I was freaking. I was so. Well, excited. she had been kind of laying low. Yep. And then she shows up, and you're like, "Oh shit, it's the full Demi." Well, and as like a movie star, her body, her. I mean, I, mean, it, I she was her like in the that white bikini. Yeah, that white bikini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, again, the the like the nicest. It's yeah. like you're like talking to like your sister's best friend in the living. Room. I mean, just yeah. couldn't be nicer. And that voice, that's the, everything. Voice. And then at a house party, um, share. 
I met Cher at a house party, and I about lost my shit. How was it? It was so quick, and I was with Drew, and she knew Drew, because Drew used to hang out at her house, like, back in the day with her daughter, and it was a quick, and hi, this is Chris, and she was sitting down at an outdoor patio table, and there was a lot of commotion going on, but I was like, I can't believe I just met Cher. That's amazing. I'm happy for you. What's the worst costume or uniform you've ever had to wear for work? I worked at TGI Fridays when okay. I was in Scottsdale, Arizona, going to Arizona State University. I went to Arizona State University. I went for a year and I was done. You're done. I never graduated. College. I graduated. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, um, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah, I loved ASU and I loved Scottsdale, but I worked at uh, the TGI Fridays in Scottsdale at the Scottsdale Gallery, whatever that one was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it was just ridiculous. In the did you have flair like in the movie Office Space or whatever? I did have yeah flair, and I I got in trouble because I put a uh, I. I had a cowboy hat that I put a stuffed flounder from the Little Mermaid movie that had just come out. So I'd strapped a flounder onto a cowboy hat. <laughs> that part of it was okay. But it was so... Because I was working Sunday brunch and the right. kids would go ballistic. They were, and I was putting my head down and saying right. hi to the kids. But it hurt my head. So I had to put on a bandana to protect the sure. cowboy hat from the thing. And yeah. I got in trouble for the bandana. Because you weren't allowed to do a bandana. And so, yeah, I remember that. Flounder Okay. Bandana, not, not okay. okay. Not Live okay. Oh, here's one that you picked. What celebrity death hit you the hardest? I remember when hearing that um, River Phoenix died. And yeah, I don't I know if it, it was... Uh, a, Stand By Me was just... It, it, it somehow changed my life. It's still if people say today, what's your favorite movie ever? It's yeah. Stand By Me. And, I, and it just spoke to me so hard. And his character in particular. And I think he just felt like this special thing that like kind of this weird gift we all got right and the suddenness and like on sunset boulevard and just like on the sidewalk and it was just it really it felt shocking because we lived here yeah at least for me and also i think it wasn't i don't know it felt like a younger than usual I don't know. It, it was shocking. And it wasn't, like, followed by a bunch of... You know, there wasn't, like, a lot of, like... You know, like, Amy Winehouse and Philip Seymour Hoffman. It like it was part like, of a It trend. was exactly. It, it like was this one-off. one-off without anything around it. Yeah, so that was... The Viper Room, man. Yeah, right outside the Viper okay. Room. Okay, have you ever stolen anything? Uh, a, a pack of Jolly Ranchers from the liquor store in the seventh grade. Yeah, did you get caught? I did not. Good. What flavor? But, no, the sour Same. apple, oh, the nice. green ones. Yeah, all right. Yeah, and that was that was the end of that your. That was my big. I my, my Catholic upbringing. My yeah. mother not, not the guilt can't do it. You can't live with it. No. Who was your most impactful teacher? God, I mean, I rem- it's funny. I just had a conversation with someone who is 15 years younger than me, and I said, "Who? What was the name of your kindergarten teacher?" And he couldn't remember. And I was like, "I can remember kindergarten first, second, th- every single teacher until it gets to junior high, where you had like seven, right. you know, a day." But I still remember a lot of that, and I was shocked that he couldn't. But I think public school in the 70s in Southern California was just a fucking dream. And, yeah. and and they were like a second mother. So it's just so hard to choose one, but there are just, I, I, I mean, I... They, you felt like you had good teachers. I, I got I so lucky, it. yeah. How did you learn the facts of life? By watching the facts of life? Exactly. <laughs> On TV. special episodes. Seriously. 
TV. They, they took on the issues in that show. A lot of them did, like the very special episode of Blossom. Yeah. I mean, they all kind of like went there at right. some point. And, um, but yeah, after school specials and the special But it episodes. wasn't like you had a talk from your parents or anything like that. Because my parents never talked I mean, my mom, I think, stuff. tried, but she tried too late to where yeah. it was like, I already knew and I yeah, didn't want to hear from like, my mom. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Yeah, I'm like, I got this. What's your idea of the perfect day? Uh, I just, it's just so typical, but just like, you know, hanging with your friends and, and yeah. feeling good and being happy and everything just feels a little bit right in the world and no crazy news stories and just, right. you know, yeah. Being with different, remember those pool parties you used to host up in the house I did, where people yeah. would jump off the roof? Yeah. You gave me a chance to jump off the roof into the pool and I choked. And it, you didn't do it? I didn't do it. I got up there and it just seemed too far. Well, and for anyone listening, you have to, they have to know, though, that this roof was sort of like a, a, a it hung over the pool. Like you could trip and fall and roll down and still land right. in the pool. So it wasn't, we weren't being like daredevils. That's the house that I shared with Drew all those years. And it, it, it was so much fun. But you do when you're up there and you're like jumping, you're falling those like, 10 feet or 8 feet. Yeah. It feels a little dramatic, feel but then like, you do it once and you're like, that was so silly. The boys at that party were so cute. Oh my God, it was just, it was, it was fun. too it much. Not, I, now I, you sound like an old, I mean, meaning I do, but it's like, right. it was like back in the day, that everyone was, the was, was everyone was so sweet and respectful and everyone cleaned up around the pool and it was yeah. so nice. Yeah, and then everything went to hell. Yeah, Is that, yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Um, what's the most trouble you ever gotten in school? I mean, I was like a, I didn't, I was a good, I was the guy who I got to yeah. answer the phone when it rang. I worked in the cafeteria. I right. was the first person to get like my TB test so I could be considered to work in the cafeteria in elementary school. Really? And every other kid was like, I don't want a needle. I don't, I was like, I will take the needle. I, I want, want the to, hair now. I want to work in that cafeteria. In cafeteria food, I think it's weird if the food is still shaped like the spoon that it yep, came out yep, of, yep. that grosses me out a little. I just well, they've shaped that. The, they've shaped the instruments now to match. Like, so the pizza slice is the shape it's of the right spatula, and yeah. the corn is the scoop of the... I don't yeah. want to see the scoop. I loved it. I love the smell of it, the clank of the trays. I love the pomp and circumstance right. of it all. I so if this it. all goes to hell, you can become a lunch lady? I could. There I really could. I'd kill it. If there was a doll of you that talked, what would it say when you pulled the string? I'm going to see if you got this reference. Fuck off, Toby. Yes, what is it? Romeo and Michelle. Oh, yeah, Remember? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, love it. Um, so I want to do one of these as a video on Instagram. Okay. Which one do you think of your final three? You pick. I'm not even reading no, do, do, Really? Yep. I'm trying to, like, which one do you oh, think Oh, well, that's going to lead to a better yeah, thing. Yeah, which will take, like, about um, a minute. That's yeah, a nice yeah, little... Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Either of these? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to do this one. Okay. okay, and we'll save these, these okay. other two. Uh, what was on your lunchbox as a kid, and how did you feel about it? So, Scooby-Doo, because it was like I sort of had to, but then I eventually got the Bionic Woman, yeah. which I was... was like, where, where's but the it, twist? But it was the girl one that I had to, like, make a whole explanation and why I wanted it. My mom was, like, super rad about all that stuff, you know? Right. Was, she was more like, she didn't give a shit, but she didn't want me to feel bad or be picked yeah. on or anything like that, but I was like, I'll take the hit, because yeah. I need this. I once dated somebody that I was really into, and he wanted a Bionic Woman lunchbox, and like, I, I have three. I, I got it for him, like, on eBay or whatever. And looking back, I had rather have given it to you. Yeah. If that means... <laughs> That's that amazing. Because I'm still in your yeah. life. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Because it turns out you give a flying fuck. Uh, what movie did you see when you were way too young to see it? 
The Exorcist. Oh shit! Yeah, How so old were you? And you I, were Catholic? I yeah. So I was oh my probably. God. What year did it come out? What The Exorcist? Seventy like seventy three. Something it, like was that. Was it that? So I, it was I before Jaws, right? Yeah, I want to say I was probably around like in the eight years old type of thing yeah. and um, my brother was dating this girl and she had what was called on TV at the time if yeah you remember I remember that on it was TV. like HBO on TV exactly yeah, yeah. so he was babysitting me that night he put me on the handlebars rode to his girlfriend's house at the time through this dirt field in this unincorporated area where we were like we go yeah. there watch The Exorcist like literally then I had to get on his bike on the handlebars ride through the complete dark through the Sun Incorporated, oh it destroyed me for you. It was t- terrifying. Terrifying. I did not have, yeah. I thought wow. I was possessed. I thought my sister was possessed. I thought my mom was yeah. possessed. I, I mean, every scenario I worked it into every night going to bed for years. A long time. Yeah. It haunted you for a long time. Yeah. All right, we're going to wrap this up. How can people learn more about what you're up to? And is there oh, the flower website? I'm not great at, I mean, there is. So, I mean, there, I mean, you know, but we have so many different, I think Revolver Chris is my Insta. And I yeah. try and do like a lot of like, you'll see stuff of, you know, me and all the Drew stuff. Right. And you'll see bar stuff and you'll see just life stuff and yeah. all of that. Revolver Chris on Insta. That's yeah. perfect. How do you balance the two jobs? Because they both feel like demanding jobs. Is there ever a time when you're like, I cannot focus on that right now. I'm just, I've got to do You this do, thing. and I think that that's like a dangerous thing, and I think you focus on something else, because you'll do a bad job at what you're focusing on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. sweet, you mix it up. But um, I'm a big multitasker. So you, I can don't man, you can have, handle it. Yeah. There's never a time when you're, you absolutely have to be at one place, and you absolutely have to be at the yeah. other place. How yeah. do you do it? It's like Peter Brady running back and forth. Yeah, you just sort of pick like what's the where, where you just yeah. which rising to the top thing you and do, and also that. working with really amazing people that you rely on to do a lot of stuff. And if I can't be there, you can. So. Right. So you you find a way to cover. Yeah. What did you think when you said I'm going to buy a gay bar? Oh, she loved it. She's been running around West Hollywood her whole life. She's right. born and like raised here, and she's you know always been a huge fan of the community. I mean, it's like it was before it was even called the community. I mean, right. it's like she just naturally all of her friends were. Yeah. You know. Gays so she was and all creatives. about it. Oh God, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, wrapping it up, was there a time when I don't know, growing up or whatever, where you, where if you could imagine the life that you're having now, it would have totally blown your mind. Yeah, with, with it's funny without it. I mean, without a doubt, there's just no question on every level. Like yeah. I far exceeded. Like how, what, what? Who was that kid? Where was he? I just, you know, growing up in Riverside with, you know, not a lot of money, you know, a single mom, like, you know, brother and sister having their own issues and just, and, you know, then the gay thing and everything else. And I think that, you know, just the escape. And I think you just sort of think at that point, what would make life good? Oh, you know, being a movie star, living in Hollywood, right. or having a beautiful house would make that. You're looking at like the Brady Bunch, and you're right. saying, "Well, that looks happy to me, like a right. big house and and a dad that says architect." And if the, you know, you look at yeah. what sort of. And so I think I looked at all just sort of the natural sort of things. Yeah. Um, so I never really set the bar in my mind as high as I ended up being. Ended up being. Which you're is way really beyond nice, that. Yeah. Wild, beyond cool. my wildest dreams still. And it goes back to, like, every time you're, like, you know, in a private jet or even flying first class or you're at a premiere at the arc light of something that you produced. You're, like, fuck, what? what? Yeah. Are you kidding me right now? This is seriously happening? And even yeah. after 20 years, you're still just, like, this is insane. What do you think it is about you that made it possible? 
hard work. Yeah. But I think you be nice, you be honest, and you work hard. You have to. Yeah. I love it. I think that's a great yeah. note to end on. If you want to hear the answer to this question, have you ever written a fan letter or email from Chris? We're going to do a little video of it. Um, this has been delightful. It's this was so amazing. Fun. I'm so impressed and proud of you. You're the same guy that I met in that bar, and yet you are... Um, you have brands, oh. you have bars, you have all this stuff happening. It's Thank you. I, you know, I, this whole thing started of me being a massive fan of yours and oh, seeking you out. You. So right back at you. Thank you. Yay. Guys. All right. Yay. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks again to Chris Miller for the fun chat. And it's so awesome how well he's done with everything that he's doing. And that he's still, you know, growing and having bars and video nights and dealing with go-go dancers. It's a lot. But he wears it very, very well. Um... All right, so this happened. I was trying to think, what would I, what would I talk about? I saw the play Waitress, um, and it was pretty good. It wasn't my favorite. I didn't cry. It's so weird what makes me cry or doesn't cry. It was the touring show here at the Pantages. Didn't cry, but I cried like a baby at On Your Feet. Go figure. Um, it's weird. But the other thing that's kind of sat with me is this whole week is the, uh, the passing of John McCain. Maybe it's because I'm from Arizona, and I always remember him. And I also, like... I, I picture that like, the Arizona flag is kind of amazing. And whenever they show him, I, I don't know, I feel a connection, but also like there are all these moments that I think of with him where he stood up and did the right thing. Like when that town hall where that woman's like, I don't trust Obama. He's an Arab. And he's like, she's like, he's like, no, ma'am. He's a decent family, ma'am. I think, I feel like I have that clip memorized, but like, and then, uh, you know, voting no to repeal the affordable care act. Like that's the signature achievement of the man who beat him for president and he saved it i don't know i just think there are a lot of times where he stood up and he was decent and he was fun with reporters you could tell they all liked him like he was a and it, you know he he did things i didn't agree with um like supporting the iraq war and stuff like that but but he later admit you know he owned it i just as a human being i just i feel like he's the last of a dying breed of of that kind of person so anyway i've just been thinking about it and um, I don't have any punchy, funny outro or anything like that. But um, if I had a flag, my microphone is at half staff, and then I put it up again, and then I put it back down, and then I, I just, I, I, I don't know what, how, what the protocol is. But um, anyway, that's all I have for this week. Uh, thank you for listening. Thanks again, Chris Miller, for the fun interview. And uh, go check out youdon'tknowmylife.com. Get in on the ground floor. All right, bye. <laughs>